Lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. So thanks for joining us today. We've got a really interesting show today. I've got Gary Cooper. And Gary is renowned as an executive in the healthcare world and businesses, but he's also got another side to him. And that's the Gary that we want to talk about, we want to talk to today. He's written a book, and we'll talk a little bit about that at the end because there's some really good resources that come out of that book. But, you know, Gary's one of those guys that he lived two lives in one lifetime. And the first life, he did what we all do. Man, we go for that success in the traditional way. And then he had something that happened in his life, and that really transformed him. And he feels like he almost had, you know, a near-death experience. And now he sees every day as a day to enjoy, to serve, explore, as well as be productive. But he looks at building character. That's something you should do first not build success. And he has a quote that sums it up. I shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that I can do or any kindness I can show to any human being, let me do it now. Let me not defer it or neglect it, for I shall not pass this way again. That is quite an introduction right there. Gary, thanks for being with me today. Thank you for having me, Lee. I'm excited to talk to you and learn. Well, I am too, because, you know, you did what we've all done, or a lot of us have done, is that we think we need to, you know, grow up, go to college, get get a good job, make a lot of money. And if we do all that, then everything will just be great. Well, you did all that, and I don't guess everything was great, was it? Yeah, you know, I followed the playbook, you know, the playbook that most of us are taught, you know, everything you just said, go to college, get a job. And I exceeded um, all expectations from my town of 1,200 people. (laughs) So I'm from a town of 1,200 people. Most of my friends' parents worked at a steel mill or a paper mill. My dad uh, was a pharmacist and, and that's kind of, it's, it's really an understatement. He was a very successful entrepreneur. And um, I think I always compared myself to him from the beginning. And so, you know, I, I um, achieved a lot. And like we hear a lot of times from people, I'm, what I say, I want to make this point really clear. I am not unique. There are so many people just like me. It's crazy. So I accomplished all these things. I reached the top of the hill. I had the, the wife, the, you know, the four beautiful children, the house, you know, houses and um, successful businesses. And then I had some, some um, bumps in the road. And everything on paper, I looked good. But I was this shell of a man on the inside. And, um, you know, we talk about happiness. So I wasn't, I could be alone. The way I describe it is I could be lonely in a crowded room. 
because I was thinking about where else I should be. Um, I had memberships that I never used. I had toys that I never used. And I had this urge to get even more. And um, I don't know. I did everything I was supposed to do. I played the I played the playbook and I executed flawlessly and I ended up in my mind empty handed and, and a soulless a soulless condition. So that's kind of where I got to. But also I think today I hope we can tell people how to get out of that situation. Absolutely. It's not where you start, it's where you finish. And you know, a lot of people have have been in that situation where things were going their way. And unfortunately, there's always bumps in the road. Sometimes somebody in our family dies. Sometimes the family dynamics break up. Sometimes a natural disaster just rolls in and destroys our business. I mean, I lost my office to a tornado in Dallas in 2019. And that doesn't happen very often in Dallas. No, no. But... But, you know, and I'll never forget, that was really the first time I started using affirmations. And my affirmation was, I will come back bigger and better and stronger. And God bless, I did. But the point is that there's there's always something in life that maybe you can't even control that can bring you to your knees. And when that happens, let's talk about when that happens what do you do to get off of your knees? Well, you know, um, I have some friends who said when they were given out like life's coping skills, they must have missed that day of kindergarten. And I love that. I love that statement because my coping skills were if you go and get stuff, work harder. You know, if you get hurt, just rub some dirt in it, boy. You know, never let anybody see you cry. And, um, so I was taught like this really tough grit American, you know, way of just be tougher than the next guy. But then when I finally said, all right, this isn't working. So I had back surgery, three hip replacements, and I had every excuse in the world, just like we all could, right? I've had friends who've lost children. You know, my dad was my business partner and he died, all these kind of things. So, you know, I read a lot of Marcus Aurelius and all kinds of people. What I had to do is start learning new coping skills because my old ones weren't working. And so what I say today is the best investment I've ever made isn't in stocks or isn't in a business. It's in myself. And so I got a a lot of weird ways of wording things. I need to learn how to fish, so I had to go start hanging out on the dock. So I get it. Who, so, right? Yeah. So there are people that are good at this stuff like you. So I started hanging out with people like you. So one was a preacher. Um, one, I went to a therapist. I invested so much time in reading books. And, you know, you talked about in your in your opening, you had to turn your brain on. One of the things I had to do, and this may be paradoxical, I had to turn my brain off. Because my brain was running 900 million miles an hour. 
And one example is I didn't know how to say no to anybody for any reason. Like people pleasing, right? Yep. So I had to learn that famous thing that we talk about. I had to learn to put my mask on first. Because I wasn't good to anybody because I wasn't taking care of me. And I invested no time in me. I invested time in volunteering at schools and volunteering at church and volunteering at anything that you needed to volunteer on. I was doing it. And then I was investing in every business I could get my hands on. And I was trying to do everything to look what I call busy. But I had no peace. And so this guy said, Gary, if you really want to be productive, you have to rest. And that made no sense to me. <laughs> so, and I can see that because, you know, that's the way we've been trained is it that to be productive, you got it eight hours a day, man, you got to hit it 10 hours a day. And at, at, least. at, the, at least, and at the end of, of those 10 hours, your brain is so exhausted and it's so interesting because there's many people that can't turn their brain off and I can picture that brain map and close my eyes and I know exactly what it looks like seen it thousands of times but when your brain is in that constant state of hyper arousal it's really not on it's really not it's really chasing itself around in circles I, I was that guy. I was the guy that was, oh, my gosh, I had to be busy all the time. And here's what I tell people. I didn't like to be alone, and I've now figured out it's because I didn't like my own company. I didn't like the thoughts that were in my brain when I was alone. And so I had to get used to me. And some of that you talked about daily affirmations it started with a gratitude journal it started with um, enjoying what i had not wanting more it started with giving myself permission to not be on the treadmill because in my in the back of my brain my dad looked don't get me wrong, my dad was one of the sweetest men that I've ever known, and he's a guy that I want to be more like. But in the back of my mind, there's this guilt button that only he can push. And if I wasn't working 12 hours a day at least, he was pushing that guilt button. Mm. So I had to give myself permission to not be working. Not, well, let's word it differently, to not be, quote, unquote, busy. If I didn't return all my emails that day, okay, it's fine. <laughs> if I didn't answer all my calls, nobody was going to die that day. Nobody felt like there, they were, didn't it? Man, the first year, it was very uncomfortable, Lee. It was very uncomfortable letting go of old Gary, I call him. Well, what did that do to your family? Were they as miserable as as you were that year? Those two or three years 
my two youngest missed about 30 days of school, and my two oldest dropped out of college. Wow. And they, then that's stats. I like to give people actual facts. And the next year, the youngest was in the fourth or fifth grade. He became not only the, his class president, but the president of the entire school. He never went to the doctor with stomach aches or headaches again. The next kid got in every college that he wanted to get into, and they were very good colleges. And the other two, other two re-enrolled back in college. We eat every meal together now. Um, my health dramatically improved. Even with hip replacements and back surgery, I um, I ride horses, I walk, I do anything I want to do. Um, I bird hunt with my favorite dog that I've ever had in my entire life that I trained on my own. Um, I garden, I do hobbies that I didn't have before because I have time for them. And my business went from 60 million to you know, six or 700 million. These are facts. Well, those are pretty impressive facts. I mean, if, if for those of you that kind of really weren't listening, maybe now's a good time to start. Yeah, so they, let's, these are just facts, but go, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. That's okay. So I'm like, okay, so we've got a good idea on how you benefited. And, but what we don't know is other than you had to turn your brain off, you had to relax. You know, what, if I ask you, what are the three changes, the, th- the three behavioral acts that you changed that made the biggest difference? What would they be? Okay, I call it a routine. So before, I didn't have a an intentional routine in my daily life. So I have a routine. And so one of the things is I relentlessly stamp out hurry and indecision in my life. I was always the guy that wanted to come into meetings just on time or be the last guy on the plane. They would be calling my name throughout the airport. Cooper, last call, we're closing the gate. Gate 12 is closing. Gary Cooper, Paging Gary, that was me. And that life of living in that frantic pace, I was the guy that woke up, hair on fire, uh, jump in the shower, no time for myself, and not eat breakfast and fly into the office underprepared and come into meetings and fly by the seat of my pants. Today I have a routine. So I, no matter what time I'm supposed to wake up, I wake up at least 30 minutes earlier and I read something spiritual. And I would take about 10 minutes of that time and just close my eyes and think about it. And what I call that is getting out of my own way. And okay. I'm Christian. I don't care whether you're, you know, whether you're Jew- Jewish or I don't care what your God is. 
But I was playing God myself. I didn't rely on anybody for anything in the first 45 years of my life. But when I look back on it, somebody was there picking me up the whole time. There's something bigger than us out there. I call it God. So now I think about that first 30 minutes. How can I be used in today and help others? Instead of the old way of what am I going to get out of today? So that's the first thing I changed is I spend time and quiet time to slow my brain down. I think that's a great way to start your day. It sounds like you start at peace instead of on fire. Yeah, it was on fire before, Lee. It was it was ridiculous. And I thought I was being cute or on the leading edge or cutting edge. And I stopped multitasking. And I got off all social media except LinkedIn. And I have a professional that helps me with that. Because one of the reasons was I was comparing myself to other people so badly. That's one of the biggest downfalls of social media. You know, it makes it, anytime you compare, Gary, you know what happens? Somebody wins and somebody loses. Well, Lee, I was losing. No matter what I accomplished, there was always somebody bigger, better, stronger, better looking, faster, richer. You know, there was always somebody better. And what it made me do was not like the stuff that I had. And now that I don't compare as much, I enjoy the things that I have. And it may not be things. It may be time with my family. And so for me, it was healthier. Maybe other people don't have the problem that I did. It was healthier to get off social media. And a byproduct of that is I have a lot more time. How hard was that? Um, you know, for me, it wasn't as hard because one of the things I hope you can help people with is like, I had a really, like, I hit what some people call bottom, right? But if you have people listening today, I don't think you have to go as far as I did to change. You know, I don't think you'd have to like ruin your life to change I think there's people that are doing pretty good, but there's probably something inside of them, that little voice saying, there's got to be more, you know? What do you think about that? Well, I don't think you have to hit bottom. I really don't. I think you have to hit the pause button. And I think Mm -hmm. if you can just hit the pause button, and I am the biggest believer in self-care, Because I'll never forget when I had twins and my mom came to stay with me and I came downstairs the next morning after she got there and she said, you going to the gym? I said, oh, no, mom, you know, no, no, you're here. And I said, I'm, you know, no. And she said, I'm going to tell you one thing. If you don't take care of yourself, how do you think you're going to take care of these two? I said, that's so good. I said, I'm going to the gym. (laughs) And 
And I did. But that's the lesson that that you really have to learn is that if you want to be there for other people and every mom in the world wants to be it can identify as does every dad you want to be there for your family but if you can't take care of yourself you can't show up for them so one of the first things that i really encourage people to do is learn how to show up for themselves mm-hmm. and you're a good example of how that's not the easiest thing in the world to do right i i I had a hard time with it. I called myself a dualaholic. You know, way before I had an issue with drinking, I was a what I call a dualaholic, and I think there's plenty of stay-at-home moms that are dualaholics. You know, the house has to be perfect. They have to volunteer at the PTA. They're on the HOA association. They're volunteering at the church. They're The kids have to be perfect, and then she's got to be the perfect wife, and she's got to attend everything that her husband's events, and she's got to, and she's exhausted, and she's a dualaholic because she can't rest, and she's a people pleaser, and it's going to be okay if if something falls down. Absolutely. You know? It's not it's not the CEO at the top of the business world that has problems or the you know, it's not the you know, the pilots that are, are you know, have all the stress in the world. Those stay at home moms, man, I've worked with them for thirty years now. Those guys have the weight of the world. Amen and, to that. Uh, I mean they have the weight of the world on them. And uh Stay-at-home moms are just as vulnerable to perfectionism and OCD and all that stuff as anybody. Oh, the stay-at-home mom was the hardest job, Gary, I have ever done in my life. I wouldn't do it. My wife raised four kids, and I wouldn't do it. It's a lot harder. It's a lot harder. And then a lot of times you end up in the sandwich generation where you have, my wife literally has her mom here right now. And she's got a kid and I'm dealing with my mom with some type of, you know, some type of mental cognitive impairment. So we're in that sandwich generation. And, you know, if you don't do what you suggested, where we stay healthy. And so one of the things that I had to do is... I identified myself, if you asked me who I was, Lee, I would say probably, if you asked me, I'd probably tell you, Gary Cooper, the next question would be, I'm a business person, healthcare business person. And what I had to learn the hard way is to figure out I'm content or I'm comfortable in my own skin because what I did is I allowed the business person to take over every other role in my life. And my preacher asked me, he said, aren't you a son? Aren't you a father? Aren't you involved in the community? Aren't you friends to a lot of people? So why are you letting that one role in your life taking over all those other roles because that one role one day is going to be something that you don't do anymore 
and those other roles, they may not be there for you because you you just didn't take care of those those relationships. And I think we all do that. You know, stay-at-home moms dedicate so much time to their kids that they let go of all their friendships. Absolutely. We do. And, and, you know, we've only got about five or six minutes left, but I really, I want to hear about who is Gary C. Cooper now? How would you answer that question today? I would say that he's a guy that is, is so fortunate to have lived two lives in one lifetime. And I try to be useful to others today. I spend the majority of my days giving back to other people with no expectation of anything in return. And the paradox is I've been more successful since I started that almost seven years ago. And I, I never dreamed that that would be true. And, and it started with letting go, letting go of my old identity, letting go of this idea that you can only succeed by, you know, working ridiculous hours and had to be perfect and couldn't make mistakes, couldn't tell people that I was vulnerable or that I was scared. And so I spend most of my time trying to tell people this kind of paradoxical secret. So that's, I'm a father of four. I've never been more proud of my four children and Kelly and I have been married for almost 28 years. That's a that's a great identity to have, Gary. But I think, you know, you've also written a book and the book is The Success Paradox, How to Surrender and Win in Business and Life. And I mentioned that because I got on your website, which is GaryCCooper.com. And under resources, I found, oh, my gosh. There's some pretty cool stuff here. There's these worksheets. And so I started kind of looking at them and seeing, wow, there's a worksheet and anybody can download it. And I know it it relates back to your book because it references chapters. But Lifestyle Check-In, Chapter 1, Shifting Gears, Chapter 4. So, Tell us just to give us a, a couple of minutes spiel on that book, because I do hope that people will visit your website and they will look at the what you've got under your resources section. Well, what we what we put together, uh, Will and I put together is basically if you want to create your routine like what I experienced, I didn't create it. I just stole it from other people. I uh you know, some of these routines have, have been around for a long, long time. What I did is I put together what worked for me and changed my life. And they've been practices for years from other people, but we put it in a really easy to read platform. And then there's tests in there that you can see how good are you doing on social media? And you can test it today and you can test it six months from now and see if you you know, improve or regress. The final thing I'll say about the book is my premise on the entire book is we do better 
when we go back and help others. And I chose Harriet Tubman as the hero of the book because she truly was free from actual slavery. And I felt, look, I'm a white male in America with every privilege in the world. But I felt a slave to um, workaholism and then ultimately alcoholism. But how I stay free today is talking with you and hopefully sharing with others how they can be helped. And so what I find is when I go back and help others, and maybe that's what she found too, she might have been free from actual slavery, but mentally she was probably tortured knowing other people were left behind. There's so many people left behind, Lee, and that's what you work with every day. How can we help others not be left behind having these issues? So that's where I spend my time, and that's what the book addresses. Well, and one of my favorite worksheets was, and this is something that people struggle with, or a lot of people I see, is finding your why. Knowing why you get out of bed each morning. And mm-hmm. and I know that ties into sense of purpose and great book, The Purpose Driven Life. But that's something that I really encourage our listeners to check out GaryCCooper.com. Go to the resource section because there are, there's like more than 10 worksheets that you can download and play. Gary, thank you so much for being on my show today, sharing your energy, and you've given me inspiration for tomorrow. Well, it's a privilege, and thank you for having me. Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, TogiNet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and thebrainperformancecenter.com.